Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, EA in the United Nations, published by Lisa G. on March 30, 2022 on the Effective Altruism Forum. Call to action for the EA community. Take the role of the UN more into consideration in EA activities including discussions, workshops and other type of EA events as well as impact research. Seek positions in and around the UN and affiliated organizations and improve institutional decision-making at the UN and its partners. Seek a seat at the table at multi-stakeholder discussions and processes to engage with the UN and its member states. Advocate for high-impact policies at relevant UN events and processes for instance in the run-up to the 2023 Summit of the Future. EA research into funding of the UN and affiliated organizations as well as how EA recommended charities, can, work with the UN given the clear distinguished mandate, reputation and footprint the UN has in global human rights, peace and security and development issues. The EA community seems to largely neglect an enormous system that has had significant impact in the past and present in preventing and solving worldwide issues in the areas of human rights, peace and security and development. These are the three pillars of the United Nations, the one and only intergovernmental organization where 193 member states come together to discuss common problems and find shared solutions to benefit all of humanity. It was founded in 1945 after the Second World War with the main purpose at the time to prevent another world war in the future. It has been successful in this manner, as the data on deaths in conflict where state governments are a participant of has tremendously declined since 1946. Over the years it has developed into an organization with many specialized agencies, funds and programs. They do not all start with the UN in their names like United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, or United Nations Population Fund, UNFPA. The World Bank, the World Food Program, WFP, and the World Health Organization, WHO, are also all part of the UN system. As a unique system with organizations that head global responses to global issues, it is remarkable that there is so little attention to this system in the EA community. If you look at where EA started from, looking into very focused, measurable impactful interventions it makes sense that this system was overlooked. It is big, slow and bureaucratic and for sure the UN has not always delivered sustainable and impactful results. In some cases it may have also caused harm in their interventions despite good intentions. However, it is too big and too important to neglect. Moreover, there is only one UN, where all member states come together to negotiate global solutions to global problems. It has a unique mandate and reputation and a scale and reach that no other non-profit organization could come close to. Bill knows. Bill Gates and Melinda French, who in the EA community have a certain level of respect due to comprehensive approaches and research for interventions in achieving global development goals through the Gates Foundation, acknowledge the importance of the UN system. Did you know the Gates Foundation is the second largest contributor to the WHO? As of September 2021, it had invested nearly $780 million in its programs. Germany, the biggest contributor, had contributed more than $1.2 billion, while the United States donated $730 million. Bill also realized there is an opportunity for his company in engaging with the UN. In 2021 Microsoft opened a UN Affairs office in New York the first private company to do so and it has been widely engaged in collaborations with different UN organizations specifically focused on delivering international digital transformation, for example providing accessible, equitable, safe internet for all. The Secretary General of the United Nations developed a roadmap for digital cooperation in 2019 and recently called for the development of a global digital compact in his Our Common Agenda report. An important aspect of this common agenda call from the SG is that the UN has to become an institution of the people, as it was intended, instead of a place where only representatives of governments come together. 
This also requires the adoption of more multi-stakeholder approaches in international negotiations for international standards, rules, agreements and regulations. That means that the UN wants to hear more voices from civil society organizations, private sector, academia etc. that reflect voices from society about what matters and how to best develop solutions to current global problems. Coincidentally, Microsoft represents the private sector in many UN discussions around digital transformations of society to achieve the sustainable development goals. The UN's impact. The UN has achieved many milestones but as with any organization, it gets more media attention when it is failing rather than achieving impact. Did you know the Universal Declaration of Human Rights is the first document to detail fundamental human rights that must be protected and it was proclaimed by the UN General Assembly in 1948. See more UN facts here. A more recent example is the UN global response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The COVAX initiative delivered its first vaccines in January 2021, 39 days after the first vaccination outside of a clinical trial and has shipped so far 1 BLN doses of vaccines to 144 countries of which 90% of the doses went to lower-income countries. The WHO has been a key player in the global response to the pandemic in the past two years raising funds in record times. 200 MLN was raised in the first months of the pandemic through the innovative COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund, which was AO responsible for distributing 50% of worldwide PPEs to middle and lower income countries in the first year of the pandemic. These are impressive results and we can easily say that no charity recommended by EA, research, organizations could ever achieve these types of results on this scale. That is simply because there is only one UN. It is not perfect, but it is the designated organization to respond to global issues and the WHO COVID response has proven it can. The UN has an international mandate recognized by the biggest number of countries worldwide. Its comparative advantage to other non-profit organizations is that it works directly with governments. Upon the request of governments they are present in countries and working with them to achieve common development goals. Their programs are all aligned with the Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, since 2015 when all the member states of the UN approved the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, an action plan to help people and the planet, encompassing the 17 SDGs. The UN has been working to increase its impact. UNSG Antonio Guterres has made proposals to reform the United Nations since the beginning of his term in January 2017. A huge task that many before him recognized, but never were able to make big steps on. In 2018, he introduced, together with member states through negotiations, the reinvigorated resident coordinator system. Under this system the UN would have a resident coordinator, RC, leading each of the 130 UN country teams operating in 164 countries and territories, that would coordinate all organizations of the UN dealing with operational activities for development. The RC would bring the UN system together to increase their impact, efficiency and effectiveness at country level. This system, which was rolled out for just over a year when the pandemic hit and has been crucial in the effectiveness of the UN global pandemic response. To respond to COVID-19 the Union immediately appointed WHO to lead the Strategic Preparedness and Response Plan, launched February 20, the Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, OCHA, to lead the Global Humanitarian Response Plan, launched MAR 20, and the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, to lead the immediate socio-economic response to COVID-19, launched April 20. Through the resident coordinator system and the new UN country teams, the UN system worked more effectively in complementing each other's work and utilizing each other's strengths on the ground. Within the first month's 121 socio-economic response plans were rolled out in 139 countries and territories. More than 3 BLN USD was repurposed and the majority of interventions proved to be targeted to those most hurt by the crisis. 
This was in line with the UN principle and transformative promise of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and its SDGs to focus interventions to leave no one behind. What the UN and its reform need to increase the system's impact. Like any other non-profit organization, UN agencies, funds and programs need money. While member states are the biggest donors, guided by the UN reform, the UN system is making efforts to attract a more diverse donor base. This is also increasingly embedded in UN strategies. The UN development system realizes that to achieve the sustainable development goals, they need to move from funding to financing. This means that the UN intends to work more on leveraging their role in funding for local and more diverse resource mobilization like blended, public-private, financing. The UN has been struggling financially for a while. When an increase in funding was needed for the global response to COVID-19, we saw huge amounts of domestic stimulus packages. These were aimed at saving national economies and protecting populations against the social blows that followed with the spread of the virus in countries that could afford it. We are looking at a somber global context with the pandemic, increasing poverty rates, inequalities, violent conflicts, complex humanitarian situations and climate change. The increasing needs are not met with the resources necessary to address them. This means the UN has to become smarter. It has to work more effectively within its own system but also with other partners in the field from government actors to private sector and other development partners. Only this way, can they achieve transformative sustainable development results. The Ukrainian humanitarian crisis, giving with the heart, not the head. The EA community seems to be falling into the same trap that it has been warning others about, donating with the heart and not the head and the heart. UN Emergency Relief Coordinator Head of OCHA Martin Griffiths warned during the UN Security Council meeting on the humanitarian situation in Ukraine on March 7, 2022, this is not the only crisis. We have not seen similar responses to refugee streams from Syria and Afghanistan for instance. In fact, for Ukraine within two weeks a staggering amount of 1,5 billion USD was pledged for humanitarian assistance to Ukraine where at this point almost 4 MLN refugees have been documented that already exceeds the amount of 1 BLN USD the UN called for. Moreover the European Union granted Ukrainian nationals and permanent residents the right to live, work, access health care, housing and education immediately for up to one year without requirement to go through a lengthy asylum procedure. In practice, Ukrainian refugees in Europe are in no way treated the same as other refugees. This is another reason why it does not make sense to focus funding efforts on mitigating the humanitarian crisis for Ukraine if you want to have the biggest impact i.e. provide the biggest relief to refugees worldwide from the understanding that all lives are equal. In comparison, there are 22 MLN Afghans in need of assistance inside the country and 5,7 MLN people requiring help beyond its borders. The UN and its partners launched an appeal of more than 5 BLN USD funding to shore up collapsing basic services in Afghanistan. The response up till now for that appeal is 569 MLN USD. Clearly, there is much more international solidarity for the Ukrainian crisis which leads to ineffective spending of humanitarian aid preventing it from going to the people most in need. I was surprised to see that very specific Ukrainian organizations were recommended in an EA forum post to give money to people who wanted to do something for Ukraine. Why was the ICRC or UNHCR or any other UN organization active in the country not recommended? UN organizations have worldwide experience with crises and specialized agencies are there to set up fast responses. For instance, UN OCHA coordinates and works with 119 aid organizations to mitigate the long-term impact of the war in Ukraine. Did you know OCHA established and manages the Center for Humanitarian Data which focuses on increasing the use and impact of data in the humanitarian sector? 
the UN scaled up its presence in no time to reach people in need including on mental health and psychosocial support to traumatize children. If you donate to the UN Central Emergency Response Fund, CERF, your money will be spent for life-saving assistance whenever and wherever crises hit. By donating to such an organization you can be sure that your money will go to people in need in and around Ukraine, if that is the place where it is most needed. You can also be sure it goes to other places in case another humanitarian situation is more in need of funding. Then, you are truly indiscriminate based on the assumption that all lives have equal value and your money goes to the highest impact area, namely those most left behind. Moreover, as an international organization, the UN is also looking at the bigger picture. It is currently already issuing reports showing the implications of the conflict on food security around the world. As a result the World Food Program has already reduced rations for refugees and other vulnerable populations across East Africa and the Middle East including in Yemen where 16,2 MLN people are food insecure. EAs do see the UN. Fortunately, I am not the only one recognizing this. I know the following organizations and individuals have been involved working around this topic. If you are and if you are not listed here, I would be very interested to hear about your work from an EA perspective around improving international institutional decision-making and increasing policy impact. People affiliated with EA-aligned organizations, FHI, CHE, FLI and others, influence the Our Common Agenda report of the UN Secretary-General, leading to mentions of future generations, long-termism, and existential risk. And probably because of their involvement the report highlights bio-risks, nuclear weapons, advanced technologies, environmental disasters climate change as extreme or even existential risks. The link directs to a great summary EA post of the report by Finn Morehouse. Researchers from CHE and Oxford University's Center for the Governance of AI at the FHI submitted advice to the UN Secretary-General's High-Level Panel on Digital Cooperation. CHE FHI Activities EA's Max Stouffer and Conrad Seifert founded the Simon Institute for Long-Term Governance to mitigate global catastrophic risks and develop future-proof policy-making processes, see also this post. They engage with policy-makers in multilateral institutions. EAE and David Moss founded the Effective Institutions Project, a new global working group dedicated to building a cross-disciplinary community of interest around the challenge of improving institutional decision-making. P.S. I will be at the Boston EGS from 1 to 3 April and planning to go to EG in Washington in September. I would be happy to chat with whomever is interested in this topic. Acknowledgement, thanks to Emil Iftikar and Jan Willem van Putten for your useful comments on this post before publishing it. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the Nonlinear Library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.